It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Well, at what point does the desire to spin the gender roulette wheel become problematic? But first... Give us your bottom line. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Hour number two of the bottom line here on News Radio 610 KONA. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you. And, uh, Rob, we've got... uh, We're going to... Zoom in on Washington state politics. We've been talking a little bit about the presidential uh, race and Jay Inslee and 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 whatnot that uh, we want to zoom back into Washington state politics. Yeah, specifically something we touched on yesterday, and that is the latest DOC scandal. And joining us on the line representing Cedro Woolley is Senator Keith Wagner, uh, again, from Cedro Woolley. Senator Wagner, thank you for your time this afternoon. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on board. And uh, I just want to point out, uh, although Cedar Oli is my hometown, I represent the entire 39th, uh, including the city of Monroe, where the correctional center is located. Yes. And Senator Wagner, talk to us a little bit. Uh, we touched on it on our program a little bit yesterday about this latest black eye for Jay Inslee's DOC. Um, how is it that an individual runs the medical aspect of a facility like the Monroe Correctional Facility and doesn't even have the qualifications to have the job? Well, that's a very good question. And and the, the first part of the answer is that that should never happen. Uh, I mean, clearly we have policies and qualifications set in place for a reason. And uh, it looks like we're reaping the error of our ways, and by our ways, I mean the Department of Corrections at the highest level, we're reaping those uh, bad results. Now, Senator Wagner, I want to go back a couple years to when the first big black eye hit, and we found out thousands of inmates were released early. Uh, there is a some strong evidence pointing that two of those individuals that were released early uh, wound up committing murders in their respective communities. Uh, legislation was put in place to try and correct those, and it appears that that those practices weren't necessarily put in place by DOC. So then we found out another inmate issue recently, and now we've got this on top of it. What is the disconnect between DOC and direction? Yeah, so um, as you know, I've only been in the legislature for the last two sessions, but I'm acutely aware of those previous problems in DOC. And uh, like most things in big organizations, it's leadership and leadership and accountability. So, uh, you know, I'm not here to give anybody a black eye. I want to see things fixed in a way that uh, protects the people who work at Department of Corrections, because those are those are my folks. And the people who are in the penitentiary, uh, we owe them at least um, decent health care. I mean, the, 
we are obligated to protect both the people who work there and the people who are incarcerated there. So where this disconnect is coming from, I'm not sure, but I know that uh, in typically, and I'm a Navy guy, it starts at the top. And when you have good leadership who, who sets goals and standards, usually the people below them meet those goals and standards. So I'm not sure at what level. I know it's not at the rank and file because those were the, the good people who really exposed this for us. We're talking with Senator Keith Wagner representing the 39th District uh, in Washington State here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Senator Wagner, uh, what is the process? And, and if you could break it down for us just a little bit so we understand when someone uh, like Dr. Julie Barnett is appointed to the position that she had at Monroe's Correctional Facility, and of course there are a number of investigations going on regarding uh, a unusually large amount of inmate deaths under her watch who rubbers who is the one that signs off on her hiring does the legislature have any say is there a commission uh either in the senate or in the house that goes through a process to interview much like we see for appointees at the federal level or is this something that's done just in doc and gets the governor's rubber stamp well this would have been done just in DOC, and I'm not certain that that would have risen to his level of uh, visibility, but it's done by the department itself. And uh, no, certainly uh, there's, for a physician like uh, the doctor, I guess we're calling her, I'm not <laughs> sure she was board certified, but uh, for a position like that, the legislature would have had no visibility on it. And uh, it's Part of the reason I'm a little bit frustrated on this is that facilities in my district, and the, the first I heard about this was through the newspaper, and interestingly, there was a comment made that the Republicans are trying to, to make publicity out of this. Well, I have to say, I didn't call you, you're calling me, um, and you should be calling us because we need to find out what went wrong. Now, in some of the research that we have done in the process, um, in the appointment, there were three people that were identified as potential candidates, one of which withdrew. um, And then when it came down to the appointment of of Ms. Barnett, it was almost like a shoulder shrug, shrug. And it was like, well, she doesn't have exactly what we want, but she's all we've got to work with. So instead of looking for somebody else, we're just going to put her in there. I, I mean, this are there potential heads that can roll a DOC as a result of, of this decision? Well, I think um, it, potentially, yes, and a lot will depend on what the uh, board comes up with in terms of, you know, cause and effect and, and what right now it's allegations, I would say, but allegations are strong enough she's not there right now. Uh, certainly people could lose their jobs, but if they're responsible, but as a taxpayer, I think what people should be most focused on is the millions of dollars in tort uh, penalties that the state could be liable for. And that comes right out of every taxpayer's pocket in the state. And it, it, if people died needlessly, it doesn't bring their families back, but it sure uh, is going to take a chunk of change out of the budget. We're talking with uh, 
Republican State Senator uh, Keith Wagner of uh, Cedro Woolley and surrounding areas, including Monroe. Uh, Senator, you and uh, Senator Mike Patton of Spokane Valley are working on some legislation to uh, put forth uh, in this next legislative session. What uh, what do you, what's the construct and what is going to be the goal of this piece of legislation? Well, yeah, Senator Patton and I spoke on the phone last week about uh, working together to try and be sure this never happens again. So, again, we're not sure exactly how and why it happened, whether it rises to the level of uh, legislation that has to go through uh, Olympia or it is going to be an administrative change in policy. We're not sure yet. Once we have the findings of the medical board, I think that'll clear some things up. And uh, for myself, I'm sort of right at the beginning of this. We're talking with Senator Keith Wagner, uh, Republican from the 39th District, uh, which encompasses the Monroe Correctional Facility, where uh, this latest scandal regarding the Department of Corrections has taken place. And we know that there has been a number of issues over the last few years, uh, Senator. And I know that there's a lot of frustrated people in Washington State, you know, when the next story comes out, something to do with the DOC. Um, why is it taking so long to clean up the mess with this de- this one particular department? You know, I wish I had an answer to that. It seems like, um, as I said, leadership is not uh, leading. Leadership's not providing uh, the right goals or, or leadership's not following through. So... Um, Perhaps some of those leaders need to move on, and uh, and we owe it, like I said, to our hardworking folks at DOC and the people that are incarcerated there. Senator Wagner, if you have the opportunity, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, you and Senator Padden are working on some legislation. What are the expectations that you have, your colleagues have, on both sides of the aisle about how this department is supposed to be run. I mean, in your facility a few years back, um, corrections officer Jamie Bendel was murdered after she had pointed out on multiple occasions she was uncomfortable around this particular offender being by herself. Some protocols were changed. I've been led to believe that those protocols aren't necessarily being as strongly enforced as they were after uh, Officer Bindle's murder. What are the expectations that you lawmakers and we as taxpayers should have when it comes to the Department of Corrections, and what should the reaction be when these protocols aren't followed? Right. So um, there seems to be, and, and speaking of Jamie Bindle, so I introduced legislation last year that would have required a death penalty board be convened in case an offender murdered while in prison. Uh, that wasn't even able to get a hearing in committee this last time around. Instead, in the Senate, uh, they tried to do away with the death penalty altogether. That uh, ultimately failed. So I think there's a bit of a disconnect uh, in philosophies in Olympia about who is a criminal? What should happen when criminals go in to be rehabilitated or to be punished? Um, we're not all on the same page in Olympia when it comes to those types of issues. So I think in general, you know, everybody wants what's good for 
there are no bad intentions there. But if you're too soft on people, uh, it's not. It doesn't even help them anymore. We're talking with Senator Keith Wagner from the 39th District uh, here in Washington State on the bottom line. Part of his district includes the Monroe Correctional Facility, where um, Julie Barnett was the head of the medical department. A number of deaths being investigated, a number of inmate deaths being investigated, as well as complaints uh, in that particular facility regarding medical medical treatment. And uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier about the tort, Senator Wagner. We know that there's at least one lawsuit that's been filed by an inmate who was treated there to the tune of $1.5 million. Uh, have there been any more filed, or are there some that uh, – the department is still awaiting to hear regarding this. And do you think uh, that there is a a significant amount of money that's going to hit taxpayers as a result of this? So I would predict, and I'm just guessing, that there will be more. So if you think about it, there's about a total of 10 cases, uh, including, I think, three fatalities that are being investigated right now. So even if they're not valid, uh, the families have the ability to bring a suit against the state. And uh, it seems like this reaches a level of uh, mismanagement that we're going to be liable. I mean, I, I, I'm not the judge and I'm not hearing each individual case, but given what we've seen uh, on this issue, looks like the state didn't do its job. And you know, I'm part of that state, so it, it doesn't feel very good. But I think many suits are potentially going to come out of this. Senator Wagner, last question before we let you go, and we appreciate your time today. Uh, do you foresee any of your peers on the other side of the aisle uh, joining you and Senator Patton in this legislation to potentially clean up some of these issues at DOC? I think yes. You know, I have a good relationship with the people across the aisle, and there's a lot of good folks who uh, – want to see right done nobody nobody wants to see something like this happen so if uh if the commission comes up with recommendations and there's legislation that can address those i don't foresee that this would be a very partisan fight i i think that there's great people on both sides who want uh to see improvements in doc made Senator Keith Wagner representing the 39th District in Washington State, including the Monroe Correctional Facility. We appreciate your time today, sir, and we will be following uh, this story as well as many others around the state. We'll be looking for updates. Best of luck to you, sir. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And you as well. Going to take a quick time out. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Senator Keith Wagner from the 39th talking about looking to do these fixes and again we're back at the same spot ed we talked about this last time there was legislation put forward and doc just doesn't seem to want to take direction from the state legislature yeah <laughs> something there, there's something going on i don't know but uh I, I think a lot of people are sick and tired of hearing about all the nonsense going on within the doc more of the bottom line when we return Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by McCary Meets in Basin City. This hour also brought to you in part by Perfection Tire with four Tri-Cities locations to serve you. 547-1610. You want to get involved? Also via email, 610kona.com. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And on Twitter, at bottom line 610 You know... 
one of the things that I think has really begun to frustrate people, and it may have been part of what led to Donald Trump's election, I think it started a bit before that, and that is people's frustration at irresponsible government. Yeah. There, there is an expectation. Like, look, I, and, and maybe the best way I can frame it is this. You can't turn around to the government and say, I'm not paying my taxes. Okay. Well, you, you know, can, you, but there might be some there, there could be some there. Pro- <laughs> there, there could be some problems there. But you, you can't turn around to the government and say, I'm not going to pay my taxes. But if you're doing business with someone else, you could turn around and say, I don't like how, I don't like the service I'm getting. Or I think your product doesn't do what it was advertised to do. I want a refund. Or you need to find a way to make this up. It doesn't work that way with government. They take your tax dollars, they do with it what they're going to do with it, and your only recourse you keep getting told again and again is, well, just elect somebody new. But the problem that comes in, and we look at this specifically with Washington State, we alluded to this with Baltimore, is when for 40 years the same ideology has been running the state, you've got a machine and a direction that has been built so large and has been moving the same way for so many years that changing the direction of that machine is going to be incredibly difficult to do. And so as we once again decry mismanagement in the state and we look at apparently people in positions of authority that don't seem to care or don't seem to want to listen when directions being given from the body that controls the purse strings, you've got real problems here. And we're the ones that that bear the brunt of all the garbage. I'll take it a step further, the frustration level, at least in Washington State. We have a system where statewide and even locally, where you have... Voters say, all right, we don't like taxes, but we agree to be taxed if you use it for X. And even that has been bastardized. You know, the, the we've talked about it a million times where certain uh, taxes through the initiative process were supposed to go towards education. And it's not lottery money or whatever it might be. And we've had the issue locally, too, with the public safety sales tax. So even when voters say all right we agree to the tax but you better use it for a b and c and lo and behold d e and f show up yeah exactly and you know even even wholesale change i mean look wholesale changes in politics take a long period of time yeah they do i mean they take a long period of they time. don't happen overnight and the direction we're going in, I can sense Senator Wagner's frustration because you're trying to do something and you know you're going to get limited help. You're hoping that you're able to find an approach that people can buy onto to at least get the legislation out of committee. But 
the fact that you passed the bill to protect people that were or wanted to pass a bill to protect people that work in correctional institutions and the other side didn't even give it a hearing it's ridiculous Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by McCary Meets in Basin City on News Radio 610, KONA. This hour brought to you in part by Ben Franklin Transit, going new places. You can visit them at bft.org. You know, and we've talked about a few times um on the program, different situations that have arisen in our lives where we're fortunate that we've had insurance to be able to deal with them. And American Family Insurance, Jason Hogue, the only, by the way, American Star certified American Family Insurance agents in the Tri-Cities. That's for customer experience, exceeding expectations uh, for your needs. You can contact him at his office in Pasco on Road 68, 547-0540, go to com. But they've come out with a new type of insurance. You know, you, you go, you buy um, buy an appliance, okay? And a lot of appliances today, very advanced technologically. They've got computers in them, all kinds of different things like that. Well, if you buy a new appliance, now you can buy insurance on that appliance through American Family Insurance. So if something happens outside of regular wear and tear, if something goes down with the appliance and it needs to be replaced, well, now there's an insurance policy to cover those expensive, high-ticket, appliances that you're buying for your home. One of the reasons why these appliances are there is, of course, to provide convenience. Well, American Family Insurance is now providing a policy to give you convenience and protection on the convenience that you want to have in your home. So to find more information about that new policy, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance, 547-0540. Visit his website, jasonhogue.com. He's on Road 68 in Pasco. Um. One thing that we we can't get insurance on, Ed, is common sense. <laughs> you know what's funny? I almost said what stupid people. Yeah, kind get, of, kind of the get, same. We, we can't insure common sense, and uh, I, I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm sure you did. But as I we see have, everything, as we have seen this rise in uh, the roulette wheel of gender identity, where now the last time I checked, there's 735 different definitions. Um, and, of course, someone else just made another one up, so let's make it 736. Washington State is now going to join California and some other states when it comes to inclusion on your driver's license. Okay. Yes. Yes. Residents will now be able to choose from three gender options when getting your driver's license. You could be the two that really exist, male or female. Or you could pick gender X. Mm. Not generation X. <laughs> no. Gender. Something different. Gender X. Okay. Okay. That designation means that it's not exclusively male or female. So what would that be then? Other. Other, I guess I don't know. Hey, look, I'm I'm not trying to I, I joke. Have, I'm not trying to make fun of. But I, I, let, let me let me ask a, let me ask a serious question, okay? Yeah. And I'm you know some people may not like this question, and that's okay. For a lot, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna okay. break it down here. This this whole idea 
of gender identity and putting an X under the generation uh, or mm-hmm. gener- the gender uh, column of your driver's mm-hmm. license. Okay. I know that I, I get that a lot of people think it's disgusting. I think a lot of people think it's weird, different. Hold on. I'm asking this in all sincerity. What's the problem with it? And, and I'm being serious. If people want to do that, I'd like to hear. I'm open to listening. I, what What is the problem with not putting an, an M or an F for male and female, but putting X or other or something else? Well, for one thing, men and women are biologically different outside of the obvious. Yes. Okay. And there are certain things that when you get into medical situations that you will look for potentially specifically more in a man than a woman. So, for example, if someone is having a medical episode and you are looking for identification, whether you're a first responder or you're somebody attempting to help, you look for a driver's license for identification, you're looking to determine what gender that individual happens to be so that you may be able to narrow down potential options on where to begin treatment based on symptoms. Okay, If you have a gender ID that says X, how do you know where to begin unless you start inappropriately touching somebody? Well, okay, I, okay, so that's, I, that's I get one aspect. Okay, I get I I get where you're going with that. If it's if it's X, I'm going to guess that transgender people who are transitioning between might put X down. And yeah, you're okay. probably going to have people that are, you know, that quote unquote identify with the other. Uh, gender. That's a little bit of a different argument, but than those that are actually physically transitioning to yeah. and from. So again, look, I'm not taking a side. I'm asking a question. What's the big deal? If you want to determine yourself, whatever it is you want to determine yourself as, go for it on Facebook and Twitter and your email, and and all those other things. When it comes to legal definitions, we have very narrow legal definitions for many valid reasons. So not all those legal definitions necessarily have to be made public. For example, your driver's license, you only show it when you have to. You don't wear it on your forehead. If you choose to wear non-binary, quad something or other, and five other definitions after it, That's your choice on a personal level. But when it comes to legal identifications, there is a reason why we have it based in simplicity because for insurance reasons, for many other things that fall under legal protections, there isn't something there for 736 different binary gender definitions. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Scott. I think the insurance um, costs, that would probably be associated with will probably affect a lot of consumers. You're absolutely right, Scott. You're absolutely right. I mean, put it this way. Car insurance is one. Car insurance rates are different for men and they are for women. But we don't know what car insurance is for X because X doesn't have a data set. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, Scott, I have a question about this Gen X identification. If a police officer arrests somebody and they take them to a detention facility because they've 
done something wrong, where are they going to put them to be safe? Because I I don't know what that answer would be. That's one of the best points that somebody could have brought up in this entire discussion. We don't have correctional facilities for X. We have facilities for men and we have facilities for women. And it brings up another question. Okay? You get pulled, officer pulls somebody over. They pull out a, a driver's license that says X. But there's a few questions there, and that person needs to be arrested. Well, if you're not sure what X is, are we talking about a male? Are we talking about a female officer that needs to respond so that we are making sure that we are abiding everything by proper codes? Gen X goes to prison. Who does the search? Male officer or female officer? Don't know that. But one, to me, one of the bigger issues with this is it sets up legal entities to be sued. Well, I'm gender X. Well, I'm gender this. And somebody along these lines should have been able to... Well, if you don't have a definite male or female, then how is anybody supposed to know how you're supposed to be treated because you personally want to identify in a 0.11111 percentile of human beings on the planet. This is your choice to identify yourself like this. This isn't how science has identified you. You said something there a moment ago. If if you can't, if if society or police or whomever don't know if you're a male or a female, then how are we supposed to treat them? My question is, do you need to treat them differently? Male and female. I get the I get the incarceration part. We okay? have found that out over the years that when it comes to that, you need to treat men and women differently when it comes to certain things outside of incarceration, arresting, searching, so on and so forth. We have we have found those things out. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Bird Dog Larry. We have to start a new jail, Gender X. I mean, that's question. And the way DOC's going, it's not going to go well. Well, we've got plenty of money in the uh, in Benton County for stuff like that. So let's uh, <laughs> go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. What we do? We have a surplus. Who's uh, who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Sean over in Richland. Hi, Sean. Since this whole thing started popping up with everybody wants to identify as whatever they want to identify with, one thing that I sort of had crossed my mind is there, I think they're mixing up gender and what their sexual preference of sexual activity is. I mean, I think they don't understand as two separate things. I, I appreciate the call. I hear you with that. Yeah. And, and there's a reason why we didn't go down that road. Well, why aren't they marking on their driver's license if they're gay, straight, right. whatever? Because sexual orientation and gender are two different things, although they th- there could be some similarities as well but but they they really are two different things at at their root let's go back to the phones you're up on the bottom line who's this where are you calling from that's jared and kennewick what's jared? up jared hey so uh another good question kind of goes along with the jail thing what if somebody is in an accident and they identify as a certain uh gender gender x but they are labeled because of like blood worker, this or that, as male or female, is now the hospital at liability for assuming their gender at some point in time? You know, if they go in unconscious and 
they come out? Are they going to get sued for this? You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Hear you loud and clear. It's one of the questions we brought up kind of along the lines of the, one of the questions we brought up earlier. There are so many unknowns by the state allowing this to happen because there is no data set for gender X blood types. There are no sets for gender X how do you but go through treating someone? There's no chromosomal. There's no DNA okay, that but makes someone... Okay, blood types have nothing to do with it. And that was, you that could was, be, that you was could a, be O positive yeah. and be male or no, female that, that was, or that Gen was, X. That, was, that, was, that yeah. was off. Yeah. But no chromosomal, no DNA that says you belong to gender X. We got an email from Matt listening in Richland. says, what if I feel I was born a different ethnicity? Or I feel my eyes are green and not blue. How far will this go if the state keeps giving in to the voice of unreason? Just a thought. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KNA. Your name, where are you calling from? Oh, this is Chuck from West Richland. Uh, I believe the answer to the last email was Rachel Dolezal could tell you how that works. But that wasn't why I was calling. Um, my, my whole thing on this, you know, deciding which gender you are thing is, is if you want to identify as whatever gender you want to identify as, you can identify as an attack helicopter for all I care. You can't force me. It's a freedom of speech issue. You can't force me to identify you the same way. Uh, you can't make me think that. You, you feel it, and you can't force me to say it. That's a violation of my constitutional rights. Thanks for the call, Chuck. Appreciate it. Going to take a quick time out. Back with more of your calls, 547-1610. And again, we come back to legal versus preference. If you personally want to do this, knock your socks off. Go right ahead. But for legal documentation to cross into this line, we touched on insurance. We touched on, you know, correctional facilities. At what point in time does this have to stop so that there's more clarification and less confusion? Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by McCary Meats in Basin City. News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom line, final few minutes here on your Tuesday afternoon. 547 if you want to weigh in, 610k1a.com is the website. You can send us an email. Um, the state is now going to allow you to be gender X on your driver's license. Because, you know, and I remember asking this question some time ago. Uh, we talked about the insurance aspect. Um, it creates a whole new data set. It, create, it would force, if, if insurance companies begin to insure a gender X, and I don't know that they have, because, again, you're talking about something that's completely out of the blue. You know, there are decades of driver's data on men, women, different age groups, and so on and so forth. That doesn't exist. And I remember talking to one person in, involved with insurance, and they said, well, they would default to the highest rate. So if you want to feel good about identifying yourself with five names, be prepared to pay the highest rates in every walk of insurance that you're going to buy for yourself. Let me throw a different wrinkle into this. The state of Washington had to work for a couple of years at the legislative level to get compliant with the Real ID Act so that we could 
use and and now and they kept delaying and delaying now come 2020 um you'll be able to use an enhanced driver's license to fly commercially and that it will be used in many cases much like a passport or to get a passport does this change any of that do will we fall out of compliance with the real id act if when this goes through just a question that i like to I, you know you know me i like to ask questions you know and i think that's a fair question because again the federal government has specific guidelines for the enhanced identifications maybe this is limited to and we'll see if we can get a clarification on it maybe this is limited to state id cards and the form of driver's license that won't get you into a federal building or an airport now your passport which is a federal document does not allow you to claim a Mm -hmm. non-binary designation right so if you want a passport you have to be what you were born as male or female but when you are applying for a passport one of the documents that you need to provide is a proof of residency. Well, 99.9% of the people in the state of Washington use their driver's license yep. for that particular documentation. Absolutely. Will that throw a wrinkle into people getting a passport if they if the feds look at your driver's license and say, what is this X? It potentially could. I mean, if if you're an individual that has gone through an assignment surgery, and is a different gender, it's not going to affect you because you have chosen to assign yourself as a different gender. So if you were a female and you transitioned to a man, you're a man. All of your information is going to say man. This is for, and this specifically deals with people who, well, have feelings. Well, we all have feelings. Right, but different feelings. Oh. Feelings of, of you know, not identifying with the things that have been laid out for humanity up to this point in time. Um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of a, a big distinction to make here. This isn't a, this isn't a gen, this is a non, whatever the non-binary definition aspect of, uh, it, that, that people have been pushing the last couple of years, this whole non-binary thing. Um, look, we, we, we know, science has told us that there are two that exist, scientifically, two that exist. And we haven't yet found out a scientific designation for any other gender. doesn't exist because nothing has been born that has not had traits of male or female, and in some cases, both. But not X, or not quad whatever you would like to call yourself, or anything along those lines. So we're now trying to blur lines between legalities and how we'd like people to look at us on the street. And if you want someone to look at you on the street, in a different manner, that's fine. That's your prerogative. You can do that. But when you're talking about affecting things that have legal ramifications and ramica- ramifications way, way, way down the line, that's where we kind of have to put up a stop. 
and say, you know, enough. Enough. Well, that's enough of the bottom line for today. But don't go anywhere. All your local news, weather, and traffic following ABC News.